Cranial nerves are the nerves that emerge directly from the brain including the brainstem, of which there are conventionally considered 12 pairs. Cranial nerves relay information between the brain and parts of the body, primarily to and from regions of the head and neck, including the special senses of vision, taste, smell, and hearing. The cranial nerves emerge from the central nervous system above the level of the first vertebrae of the vertebral column. Each cranial nerve is paired and is present on both sides. There are conventionally 12 pairs of cranial nerves, which are described 1 to 12. The cranial nerves are considered components of the peripheral nervous system PNS although on a structural level the olfactory, eye, optic 2 and trigeminal weak nerves are more accurately considered part of the central nervous system CNS. The cranial nerves are in contrast to spinal nerves, which emerge from segments of the spinal cord. Most typically, humans are considered to have 12 pairs of cranial nerves, with the terminal nerve zero more recently canonized. The nerves are the olfactory nerve first, the optic nerve second, oculomotor nerve third, trochlear nerve fourth, trigeminal nerve fifth, abducens nerve sixth, facial nerve seventh, vestibulocochlear nerve eighth, glossopharyngeal nerve ninth, vagus nerve tenth, accessory nerve eleventh, and the hypoglossal nerve twelfth. G. V. Black classified the cavities depending on their site. Class one carries affecting pit and fissure on occlusal, buccal and lingual surfaces of molars and premolars, and palatal of maxillary incisors. Class 2 carries affecting proximal surfaces of molars and premolars. Class 3 carries affecting proximal surfaces of centrals, laterals, and cuspids. Class 4 carries affecting proximal including incisal edges of anterior teeth. Class 5 carries affecting gingival one-third of facial or lingual surfaces of anterior or posterior teeth. Class 6 carries affecting cusp tips of molars, premolars, and cuspids. Apexification is a method of dental treatment to induce a calcific barrier in a root with incomplete formation or open apex of a tooth with necrotic pulp. Pulpal involvement usually occurs as a consequence of trauma or caries involvement of young or immature permanent teeth. As a sequelae of untreated pulp involvement, loss of pulp vitality or necrotic pulp took place for the involved teeth. The main purpose of apexification includes restoring the original physiologic structures and functions of the pulp dentin complex of the teeth. In addition to that, the elimination of the pulp tissue within a tooth, the disinfection of root canal system by using irrigants such as sodium hypochlorite and ethylene diaminotetraacetic acid are the necessary steps to ensure that the purpose of apexification is being met. The apexification procedure will normally require several monthly appointments or follow-ups to observe any calcific changes induced at the apex of tooth concerned. In these visits, a material known as calcium hydroxide CaO2 will be placed inside the root canal systems to eliminate intracanal infection, stimulates calcification and achieves apical barrier seal at the apex of tooth root. The success rate of applying the traditionally used calcium hydroxide to induce calcific barriers between 74% minus 100% partial pulpotomy is also indicated in young permanent teeth with pulp exposure due to caries, provided that the bleeding can be controlled within several minutes. It is a procedure in which the inflamed pulp tissue beneath an exposure is removed to a depth of 1 to 3 mm or deeper to reach the level of healthy pulp tissue. Pulpal bleeding can be controlled by irrigation of sodium hypochlorite or chlorhexidine. The site is then covered with a pulpal medicament, calcium hydroxide or MTA, followed by a final restoration that provides a complete seal to prevent any leakage and bacterial contamination following the restoration. The tooth germ is an aggregation of cells that eventually forms a tooth. These cells are derived from the ectoderm of the first pharyngeal arch and the ectomesenchyme of the neural crest. The tooth germ is organized into three parts, the enamel organ, the dental papilla and the dental sac or follicle. 
The enamel organ is composed of the outer enamel epithelium, inner enamel epithelium, stellate reticulum and stratum intermedium. These cells give rise to ameloblasts, which produce enamel and become a part of the reduced enamel epithelium re, after maturation of the enamel. The location where the outer enamel epithelium and inner enamel epithelium join is called the cervical loop. The growth of cervical loop cells into the deeper tissues forms Hertwig epithelial root sheath, which determines the root shape of the tooth. During tooth development there are strong similarities between keratinization and amelogenesis. Keratin is also present in epithelial cells of tooth germ and a thin film of keratin is present on a recently erupted tooth nismith's membrane or enamel cuticle the dental papilla contains cells that develop into odontoblasts, which are dentin-forming cells. Additionally, the junction between the dental papilla and inner enamel epithelium determines the crown shape of a tooth. Mesenchymal cells within the dental papilla are responsible for formation of tooth pulp. The dental sac or follicle gives rise to three important entities, smantoblasts, osteoblasts, and fibroblasts. Smantoblasts form the smuntum of a tooth. Osteoblasts give rise to the alveolar bone around the roots of teeth. Fibroblasts are involved developing the periodontal ligament which connect teeth to the alveolar bone through smuntum. The scalp is usually described as having five layers, which can conveniently be remembered as a mnemonic, s, the skin on the head from which head hair grows. It contains numerous sebaceous glands and hair follicles. C. Connective tissue. A dense subcutaneous layer of fat and fibrous tissue that lies beneath the skin, containing the nerves and vessels of the scalp. A. The aponeurosis called epicranial aponeurosis or glial aponeurotica is the next layer. It is a tough layer of dense fibrous tissue which runs from the frontalis muscle anteriorly to the occipitalis posteriorly. L. The luserula connective tissue layer provides an easy plane of separation between the upper three layers and the pericranium. In scalping the scalp is torn off through this layer. It also provides a plane of access in craniofacial surgery and neurosurgery. This layer is sometimes referred to as the danger zone because of the ease by which infectious agents can spread through it to emissary veins which then drain into the cranium. The luserula tissue in this layer is made up of random collagen eye bundles, collagen 3. It will also be rich in glycosaminoglycans gags, and will be constituted of more matrix than fibers. This layer allows the more superficial layers of the scalp to shift about in relation to the pericranium. P. The pericranium is the periosteum of the skull bones and provides nutrition to the bone and the capacity for repair. It may be lifted from the bone to allow removal of bone windows craniotomy. The blood supply of the scalp is via five pairs of arteries, three from the external carotid and two from the internal carotid. Internal carotid the supratrochlear artery to the midline forehead. The supratrochlear artery is a branch of the ophthalmic branch of the internal carotid artery. The suprobital artery to the lateral forehead and scalp is far up as the vertex. The suprobital artery is a branch of the ophthalmic branch of the internal carotid artery. External carotid the superficial temporal artery gives off frontal and parietal branches to supply much of the scalp the occipital artery which runs posteriorly to supply much of the posterior aspect of the scalp the posterior auricular artery, a branch of the external carotid artery, ascends behind the auricle to supply the scalp above and behind the auricle. In anatomy, the left and right common carotid arteries carotids English, cretidae are arteries that supply the head and neck with oxygenated blood, they divide in the neck to form the external and internal carotid arteries. Structure The common carotid arteries are present on the left and right sides of the body. These arteries originate from different arteries but follow symmetrical courses. The right common carotid originates in the neck from the brachiocephalic trunk, the left from the aortic arch in the thorax. 
These split into the external and internal carotid arteries at the upper border of the thyroid cartilage, at around the level of the fourth cervical vertebra.